What's your price to eat an entire throw pillow over the course of three days? Or to only watch movie sequels moving forward, no originals or standalones permitted? Or to have the world's loudest pee-pee stream? Let's find out. Ooh, stream me up, Sally. It is time to play Human Values, your weekly stop for logical debates about illogical questions. Here to give each hypothetical the dialectical, put the O in comedy game show, and grow a stash when you've got a little rash. We're your hosts, Aaron Rubin Corny. And Lindsay Hicks. Also joining us today is a prolific comedy writer, actor, sketch comedian, all these wonderful things. We love them, we like them, and if this were volleyball, we'd spike them. Mike McNeil. All right, guys, let's throw on some sunscreen, sunglasses, and a hat and go on a walk down Mike McNeil Lane. Let me paint a picture. Years back, I fell creatively in love with a man whose work in sketch comedy and other creative mediums across the digital American empire really touched my heart and soul. I saw him working at Nacho Punch over at Maker Studios doing sketch comedy at the station, which is where I really just got a real creative crush on this guy's mind. Showrunner of Mind Show News, head writer over at Solve, and Solve's a big thing in the Snapchat world. Philippines. In the Philippines, exactly. But let me just make sure I read this right. His agent sent this over. Big Funny Bunny, Mike McNeil. Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. Was that accurate? Except for the Funny Bunny part. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I had one sketch go viral. Big Funny Bunny. I don't know where you got that that byline, but uh, I had one sketch go viral, and then it's all been downhill ever since. But yeah, that was very sweet. What was the viral sketch? Tell us about it. It was about daylight saving. Uh, it was the first sketch I ever wrote. So they were like, this kid's got it. And then uh, I just, no, nothing ever took it. <laughs> <laughs> but I've based my entire career on that one win. That was a really good one. Maybe there was a butterfly effect thing about it where you made some commentary about daylight savings time. And now we're having kind of a global conversation about maybe we lose it. And maybe that's because of you. I think that that is very possible. I think I've said a lot of things in motion in this country. <laughs> I also like it because my parents, it's like a clean sketch. So my parents get it reposted on their Facebook every year. And they're like, mm, that's son of mine. Good for them. That's son of mine. You've seen his sketch, right? You've seen his Daylight Savings movie? He made a movie. We love clean comedy here. We don't do it, but we do love it. Nor should you. You should be appreciative of it, but nobody needs it. Yeah. Lindsay's got a real, you've got a real prudish side to you. I'm very modest. And sometimes I'm like, if I hear a curse word, I'll just be ill. PP. Actually, I'll, I'll keep it for now. We're actually, we are talking about P today. So I'll leave that alone. That's like the main thing I want to talk about in my day-to-day -day life. We'll hold on to it. We'll hold it. Well, you know what? Talking about pee, let's start a new segment called What Pisses Our Guest Off? Mike, what pisses you off? What makes you just piss? <laughs> I'm going to keep it. I'm going to keep it in the pee realm and talk about like what pisses me off in a public bathroom. And that is when the doors don't latch. That pisses me off. Why? Because you don't want anyone to see you pee pee? Yeah, I don't want people. To, I usually choose the uh, stall, even if I'm just going number one, even though I'm not going to sit down. It's a little life hack. What you can do is pretend like you're pooping and then just pee. That way you don't have to stand next to another man who's also peeing that you'll never see or hear from again. Right. The shifty maneuver. It's just so intimate. Mm -hmm. I've never been a man peeing next to another man. I think I would like it, but I'm weird. <laughs> but I feel like you don't want to see that maybe i mean i would feel very exposed and vulnerable you never know and they never teach you where your eyes should go they should go straight they but nobody ever says that 
it seems like straight ahead is the goal. But if you want to look, you're definitely saying like, hey, guy, just heads up. I do want to look at your penis. And then the other guy has to be like, hey, I'm cool with that. Should we kiss? I feel like if you <laughs> turned into a man for a day, you would be saying things to other men that would make them very uncomfortable. I mean, I already do as a cisgendered bisexual woman. But as a man, oh, <laughs> it would be on. I would just have so many questions. Man culture, man. Do you know about the troughs? Oh, I know about the troughs. For gross reasons, because I had some gay friends and apparently the troughs are like, there's a lot of business around the troughs. What? Oh. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about it here because it's very graphic and disgusting, but basically it's a hot spot. You just interviewed a porn star about dick size averages. So here's the thing. Do you want me to tell you this? Because it's really gross. Sounds interesting. Yeah. Okay. So I had a friend. I'm not going to say his name. There was this leather bar in New York City. And there's the trough, right? Is the trough like when you go pee, there's a long trough that everyone pees in? Long trough, everyone pees in it. Okay. And there was always a line of guys at the end of the trough just waiting for their turn, sitting on the floor. For someone to pee in their mouth? Yes. It's like an ice luge, but with piss? Well, no, no, no. They weren't, not from the trough, but direct from, it would be like trough and then like people waiting. So you could choose trough or person. Three men, four men peeing in the trough and then the fifth man peeing in the moth. Yeah. Trough moth. <laughs> I mean, see, I told you guys it was weird. Well, it's fascinating. That's true. This is the most above board place that public urination fetishes could possibly exist in. Okay, so speaking of public urination fetishes, as our guest, how are you? I'm great. <laughs> now. How have you been? <laughs> that I've been tied to this topic. Yeah, I'm feeling great. How was your day? How's your week? How, how's life? Long day. My birthday was yesterday. We went to the Orange County Fair. Happy, Happy birthday. birthday. Thank you so much. We went to the Dodgers game yesterday. They won. That was fantastic. Went out to get food. It's all been just uphill. 35. Crushing it. Looking good. Wow. It's a good age. It's a good year. Halfway to 70. Yeah, wow. I think about that a lot. I could be president now. Do you guys know that? Yeah, you should do that. I was thinking about it, yeah. It seems like a fun job with no pressure or criticism. <laughs> You're on air right now. This could be where you where you announce it. Announce it. Yeah, come on. Uh, uh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's just my arm. Okay, I'm going to be, I'm, I want to be president. How's that? In your first term, what's your stance on mouth urinals? Neutral. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like it. I none like it. None of my business. Oh, ooh, we love none of my business. <laughs> it's really awesome to have you here, Mike. Mike and I got to know each other back in the day when we were both working a lot in comedy as young Turks. And I just always really admired your, just as a writer and actor, I always thought you were just top tier, just really, really, really great. And it's been awesome to just kind of watch you and just bask in who you've been and kind of timidly want to reach out and... Just it was so nice that you said you would come on here and hang out with Lindsay as long as I don't bother you much. I did say that in my email. That is so sweet of you to say. I remember when we first locked eyes at Maker. Do you? You were sitting on a couch with Andrea and I think Rob might have been there. Yeah, yeah. But I just felt an immediate connection to you. And I'm so glad that you invited me on. And isn't that funny how we just are like, they don't want to hear from me. I shouldn't reach out. I don't want to bother them. And then every time you ever have, everybody's been like, of course we want to reconnect. Like, it's so nice to see people after a little while. Yeah. 
So to make up for lost time, just because Lindsay and you don't know each other as well, and we should really get to the game in a second, Lindsay, can I give you the opportunity to do one question to Mike to help you bond before we start playing? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Christmas or Hanukkah, when you were 11, what did you want the most? And did you get it? 11, I probably was asking for a Nintendo 64, and I think I got it. Mm -hmm. It was the greatest day of my life. I still have that original Nintendo 64. Wow. I do not have the original controller because I would wear them down quite, quite aggressively. I'm the luckiest boy. I was the luckiest boy in the world. Okay, I have a question for you. Can I ask you one? Yeah, go, go. What's your most reoccurring dream? I have two. One is punching. I punch a lot in my dreams. I punch. And sometimes even if I don't want to in my dream, I'll find myself punching. That was a dream I used to always have until I took a kickboxing class and I punched and I punched and I punched and I haven't had a punching dream since then. That was about three weeks ago. Wait, was that the session you told me about where you did kickboxing all afternoon and then cried the whole time after? No, I cried during the kickboxing class. It was such a release. And I think because I had pent up punches because I'd been dreaming about them for so long. You know what I mean? But then I punched, I cried. I haven't had a punching dream since. Isn't that crazy? No more pent up punch. No more pent up punch. All right. Do you guys feel like you know each other now? Should we start playing? I feel good about this. I agree. Mike, we are now entering the terrifying unknown realm called Human Values. It is a game unlike any other game. It's a game where the rules are simple. Lindsay's going to tee up three different hypothetical questions to us. What's your price to do blank? And it's about the least amount of money we'd be willing to accept to do the deed. Not just pay me, but the least amount you'd need to be paid to do it. How's that sound to you? Sounds great. As a game designer, I have a couple of qualms with the setup because I feel like I could just immediately go $3 million for everything and stop the conversation right there. So it takes some emotional and creative buy-in from your guests. How do you work around that? How do you avoid them just going top tier and get that number lower? What, what stakes do you have there? It's the least, and we'll really talk through it, okay. and we'll really question your number and how you got there. You know what I mean? All right, I'm going to stress test the boundaries of your platform. I can't wait for you to stress test this. And speaking of stress, something that's very stressful to me, we'll see if it's stressful to you. Guys, what's your price to eat an entire throw pillow over the course of three days? Give me the dimensions of the throw pillow. It's 10 by 10. It's 10 by 10. 10 by 10? That's a teeny little bun. It's a throw pillow. It's not a big ass pillow. It's a throw. How about one foot ski? That's too big. I think you don't know how big throw pillows. How big are your throw pillows? I know how big throw pillows are. I'm going to get a throw pillow. All right. Nope, he's gone. I got a throw pillow. I got a measuring tape. This throw pillow, do we all agree that this is a throw pillow? That's a real hefty Bertha. That's too big? I think it's too hefty of a Bertha. I think two feet by two feet is absolutely reasonable. It's 15 by 15. Great. 15 by 15. Okay, so can I give you guys a little context behind this question real fast, by the way? Yeah. About 10 years ago or so, maybe less, I was hanging out with a friend, and he was about to leave. It was maybe one in the morning. And he turned to me and said, would you eat a pillow? We were sitting on a couch and he showed me through a pillow and he said, would you eat the pillow? And we got into about an hour long discussion about how we would eat the pillow. And we got into a whole conversation about how we would deconstruct the pillow, pulverize it and mix it with chocolate and then put it in a ice cube tray and then create little these things that we call chocolate pillows. And we were just dying laughing, talking about eating chocolate pillows for different prices. And I want you guys to know that over the last decade that that idea evolved and grew into 
one of the many impetus that that really inspired this show is the chocolate pillows conversation. And when that friend heard about this show, he messaged me and said, this sounds like chocolate pillows. So I want you guys to know that this is very special doing this question today. This is the primordial ooze. Ooze. In a sense, we're not just stress testing on a macro scale. We're going to stress test this question too. Here's my problem with this entire facade that both of you have created. I would eat a pillow for $100. This isn't a question. I could I could do it. Maybe, maybe not $100. I'll do it for like $2,000. You give me $2,000, I could eat a throw pillow. It's not a hard thing to do. It's not like take a bullet. You know what I mean? It's not It's not something that's going to change my life. It's not eat a live turtle. Like, it's not something that I'm going to be like, this is a hard thing to do. I could eat a throw pillow fairly easily over the course of three days. So why not just make the $2,000? Why would I go any higher than that? Let me tell you why you might want to go a little bit higher. Okay? I'm going to define something for you. And the word is bezoar. Okay? A bezoar is a collection of partially digested material that collects in the stomach, okay? So when you start eating things that are not food, you can get a bezoar. And do you want to know what happens when you have a bezoar? Maybe. A bunch of bad stuff. Not good. You can get blockages in your digestive system. It can like really, really mess you up. There's a disease called pica. Yeah. Where you want to eat things that are not food. Yeah, I've seen chalk, dirt. And people will get bezoars, yeah. But also there was a woman who was eating couch stuffing. It messes you up so bad if you eat things that are not food. And eating an entire pillow in three days, if it was over a month, your body might be able to do something with that. But in three days, that's probably going to collect in a really dangerous way. Also, cotton, much like grass or a lot of other like protein-heavy fibers, humans don't have digestive enzymes that can break that down. So you're really adding something into your body that can become toxic, let alone that most fibers in pillows, let's say they're cotton, they're treated with bleach and other chemicals from the plant. So now you're starting to think about all the different intestinal obstructions, chemical poisoning, and maybe in your face guest, there are more things you should be thinking about before you come in and sass our frass. <laughs> I'm going to sass your frass because I would like playing this role. Do I got to eat the sham too? I think the whole magilla. You got to eat the whole pillow. But you don't have to eat it straight. You could prep it. If there's a zipper, you don't have to eat the zipper, right? That, I mean, that'll just kill you. I don't think it'd kill you. I don't want to eat metal. I think you're eating it. I went to the fair this weekend and I had two corn dogs chili cheese fries, corn, deep fried Oreos, a turkey leg, and churros. I feel like I could do a pillow. I feel <laughs> like, I don't know. I feel like I could do a pillow with that. That lady ate a whole couch and then she got one of those bezoars. I feel like I could do a pillow pretty easily. And she got on TV. Am I trying to outbid you? Like maybe that's what it is. There's a fourth invisible guest that is going to take the lowest bid. I'm just trying to stress test. I'm just like $20,000 now, maybe $20,000, maybe a lot up to $20,000 to pay for the medical bills. At the end of the game, we're going to see how we all stacked up against our polled audience. So there's definitely a lot to think about in terms of how visibility affects your decision. I would personally be really worried about all the toxicity from the chemicals in there because you don't know what kind of cottons they are. You're eating the zipper, I think. I don't know. To me, it's about you take it all, you blend it up into a slush, and then you put it in a dehydrator, and then you put all that into capsules. Lindsay, don't you dare make that look the face at me ever, <laughs> ever. Three days of pillow capsules? Don't you ever make that face at me on a Monday. We've talked about this. 
you dole out the capsules. And for the metal, I say break it into a powder. Do you realize how many capsules that would be? Thousands. Break it into a powder and stick it into more capsules. You're hardly eating a pillow when you're swallowing thousands of capsules. Technicalities are the mother of all creation. You know, that's saying that Gandhi said. You would do it for $2,000. My marine biology teacher in high school bet me that I couldn't eat a fish's eye when we were dissecting them. And I ate it and it was covered in formaldehyde. And I spent the night on the toilet, but I did it. And I got what, however money, much money he collected during the day, which was like $17. And I was very proud of myself. I feel like I could do that. I also just voluntarily ate an entire piece of paper one day in math class in high school. We've all done that. Oh, we've all been eating paper. A whole piece. Oh, Two pieces. Construction paper. Yeah, come on, man. Construction paper. That's, yeah, that's pretty good. I was college ruled. Wait, so not only did this teacher get you to eat this eye by betting you against it, but you also got a teacher imprisoned, I presume, over this. No. Mr. Matt Brown, Northwood High School, 2004 to 2005, is still on the loose. I don't think he ever saw any time for that. Interesting. I get that you would do it. But for $2,000, something that could send you to the hospital and cause obstructions in your intestines. Okay, 20K. You're, it seems like you're really in it for the story and the challenge. This here, here is a man who likes to eat weird shit for the hell of it. Yeah, what else have you eaten, man? What have you eaten? Don't get on my case about it. What have I eaten? When I was younger, I would eat sand sometimes. I ate a penny once. Straight up penny? I ate a sandy penny from a beach because my friend gave me $1. I ate an ant one time. That was like probably my first thing that I was like, I wonder if I could eat this and it tasted terrible. I remember that. I've had fermented Icelandic shark. Oh, that's pretty gross. I hear that's horrible. It's like rubbery ammonia. I'm working on a number here. Mm -hmm. I've really been computing and calculating over here, and I really think that I have one. You look like you've become comfortably numbered. (gasps) Ooh, I'm going to go with $40,000 because I feel like if I have to go to the hospital, that'll probably cover my, my bills. That's a solid number. Mine was 20K because I think I'm getting out of there unscathed and going to buy a new car. The imaginary person behind this really wants me to eat a pillow, right? And they're willing to pay. Oh, it's the Monopoly man. And yeah. But also within reason. You know what I mean? If you go too far over, he could say. He's going to walk. No. Yeah. Yeah, he could walk. You got to have to have a good reason for your number. I'm going to take 15. So I think there's going to be medical costs for sure when everything goes wrong. So I just want to make sure that I've got some Monopoly fun bucks still after all is said and done. I'm guessing the emergency room is 10K. I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know your health insurance, but this is an out-of-pocket expense, I'm assuming. And I'm guessing it's about 10K to get you through, through the doors. I'm going to try really hard to not go to the hospital. And this is how. So I can keep all 40,000. I'm going to eat the teensy tiniest pieces. That's what I proposed. Yeah, but I'm not going to eat them in capsules. Why not? I'm just going to eat them. Do little cellulose capsules and... The time your body needs to digest the cellulose, like, just give me that pillow straight up in as tiny pieces as possible. Putting that on your tombstone. Give me that pillow straight up. (laughs) So I'm going to try to, like, do it in a way where I feel like my body won't completely lose its mind. And so I can keep all 40000 But, you know, I'm prepared if it does go south. Mike, what kind of car are you buying with your pillow money? I got to go hybrid. <laughs> I don't know cars. <laughs> I don't know cars. Mm-hmm. I'd go some sort of electric. I've heard hybrids have a great dual shift compatibility mode that really integrates nicely with the modern shafting. Yeah, the modern shafting is really important for the dual rotisseries. 
they can be sedans. They can be. If if you don't if you don't know what you're looking out for, you, yeah, yeah. But a sedan's your typical four door and a coupe. Yeah, yeah. I would say the the horse the horses are very strong and lean. Yeah, not a lot of cars these days are as well bred as the modern sedan coupe. Mm-hmm. Should we look at the audience poll? Let's go to the audience. You can use that for each time you do it if you want. Yeah, we'll we'll make that as a uh, soundbite. Yeah, just let me know if I need to sign something. Our lawyers will take care of uh, stealing your life rights by the end of this. Great. The high here, looking at it, is $25 million. It's the highest anyone asked for. Fuck you. <laughs> okay, great way to engage with a fan base. And then the low is a high. No, the chip on their shoulder that they deserve 20 we were all under 50k the idea that they think that somebody is going to pay them 25 million dollars the audacity that's a lot of ego well maybe this is someone that's like no matter what i don't want to eat a pillow and i'm just going to say a number that is so outrageous because i don't want to eat the pillow well speaking of those who would eat the pillow our listener andrea says a hundred dollars that's too low Quote, if it's all natural fibers like hemp, then it's technically edible. $100 will be fine. But the important thing is about half our audience was under $100,000. There's a split at the 100000 mark. Can I also just back up and say Andrea needs to value herself more than $100, even if it is a hemp pillow? But also, apparently Andrea has some fancy pillows, like edible pillows. I need to know more about these edible pillows. Yeah, where are you getting your Willy Wonka shit at? I don't know. But speaking of Willy Wonka, I don't know if we're going to get a sequel to that. But maybe there's a sequel to this really weird segue that Lindsay can interrupt. Here's a question. What's your price to only watch movie sequels moving forward? No originals or standalones permitted. TV still in play? Yeah. Can I take you back to the year 1993 when the number of remakes, prequels, sequels, and spinoffs and reboots in the top 20 grossing films worldwide counted at two? And then let's take us back to a study I saw in 2018, where that number is 16 out of the top 20 grossing that year. Oh, my God. Terminator 2 was budgeted at 1,207% of the original Terminator film. There's been a 700% rise in sequels and remakes then since 1993 over that past 25 years, just to put in context. Most sequels, the budgeting goes into action adventure films. It's not like there's not going to be a lot to watch, but it's just going to be crap. Yeah. Here's something that might bring your numbers down. The idea that if you could only watch sequels, the chance of your favorite movie that never got a sequel might be getting a sequel, that goes up. So, like, if you're a huge fan of A League of Their Own and you really want a sequel, you might get a sequel to A League of Their Own if there isn't already one that was direct-to-video or something. Why would you get it? I don't know. The chance of it coming out and, like, being made is going up. If you – wait. Wait, you can only watch the sequels, not that you live in a world now where they only make them. I see. It's not magic. It's just, yeah, okay. I thought it was magic. It's reality's tagline. It's not magic. It's just how it is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like if you're a person that's into action movies, DC, Marvel... Oh, that's all sequels. All of Marvel is a sequel to Iron Man. Exactly. So if you like any of those... You're kind of good to go. But if you are really into kind of like bespoke independent film, you probably aren't going to be able to see very much at all of those. All right, guys, that's a great point, Lindsay. Let's pretend we're doing this whole task. What sequel that has never been made would you most want to have happen so that you could see it? I'll say Gremlins 3. I'd be ready for Gremlins 3. That's a good choice. That's a good choice. A Walk to Remember 2. 
Oh, it's just their tombstones for two hours. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or like more, I don't know, more ill-fated love. Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. Mountain too. Broker backs. Higher mountains. Clueless too. Get Alicia Silverstone back and get a Clueless too. Ooh, I would love that. See what her daughter's up to. Ooh, yeah. If you have television, I watch more television than I do films anyway. Yeah. Television now is, I mean, it's great. It's as good as movies and you get more. So once you make a friend on the TV, you get to hang out with them for longer. And I do like that. I feel like it wouldn't be any huge loss to me. Obviously, it would suck if, what if I acted in a movie that was an original and then I couldn't see the movie? Yeah. We are all shallow biz babies. So now it becomes the ego. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's also if like this is your career or this is your job or you work in entertainment and then suddenly you can't see what people are putting out. You put yourself at a major career disadvantage too. you know, not being able to see the work of people that you love or are friends with or anything. That sucks. Like if a friend of mine does a film, I would be devastated knowing that they put months or years into a project and then I couldn't like that would be so sad. Or you'll seem really supportive when you say to them the first thing you say when they tell you they got their movie greenlit is, I can't wait for the sequel. Yeah. See, that's a very, very sweet thing to say. And I think I will start saying that now. Oh, that is nice. Don't say it to people when they tell you they're pregnant. That gets a lot more weird. I'm going to have to think about that. (laughs) If your friend is in a movie and it's bad, though, you have an automatic excuse for not seeing it. So you don't have to have that awkward conversation where they're like, how did you like, did you like it? Did you think it was good? Tell me, I just couldn't see it. This guy paid me a million dollars 10 years ago and he he looked like the Monopoly man. And now I'm not legally allowed to see any sequels. You can also just say, I can't wait for the sequel. That's also going to be true. Feedback when they say, what did you think? Just say, I can't wait for the sequel. Yeah. I don't want to lie about it. So basically this number has to be enough that if someone I love dearly does a film project and I can't go see it. I have to have a good enough reason. Like I can't be like, yeah, this guy gave me 50 grand 40 years ago. Like, no, I don't want to look like some sort of fool who's given up this huge part of their life for nothing. I, it has to be a number that it's like, mm, yeah, I probably would have done the same thing. Yep. You're talking to somebody at a bar and they're like, you can't go see a movie right now. Why? And it's like, oh, I made 20 K like 10 years ago. Yeah. It's not going to fly. They're going to not respect you. Yep. They're going to be like, Okay, so this person is an idiot. Cool. Good, good, good. Yeah. It has to be a number that garners a little bit of like, oh, damn, I would have done the same thing. Not that I'm not concerned with what other people think, but I do want to feel justified in this decision if I'm going to have to do it. I'm leaning your same direction. I hear, I'm hearing what you're saying. I agree with it. The pillow is a fleeting moment. Yeah. It's in, it's out. I'm, I've moved on. This is a change that I will have to, <laughs> I will have to implement into my, into my life. For the rest of my life, which is going to be thousands of years. Okay, I have a number. Can I do a quick back step to the earlier question to say if I were to do pillow pills, I would call them pills? How do you spell it? Don't know. Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying that you would call your pills pills? <laughs> you would just say it different? <laughs> you, would just, you would just say it slow? Yeah. How do you yes. how do you write that? Do you write the word slow in the middle of the word? It's like seven L's and then maybe like a silent schwa. 
what's the thing in sheet music? It's like Lago or something like that. That's like that's you could write one of those over it that says like say this word slowly. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hills in arpeggio. Pillow. <laughs> Decrescendo. Ooh, that'd be a good name for a band. Decrescendo. That all. That's beautiful. I actually have no idea financially how I would deal with this. So yeah, what are you guys? Hop in your sailboats. What what direction do the wind blow you? Does the wind, what, where wind blows? My wind blows me to a place of a cool, flat Millie. Wow. Oh, you're a Millie Bobby Brown right there. If I didn't work in the entertainment industry, it would be much lower. And if I didn't have many friends that worked in the entertainment industry, it would be much lower. I got to go cool Millie. It's just, it feels good. It feels so right to me to justify missing out on what could be big, big moments in yours or someone else's life. The good thing, though, is if you did this deal, you don't have to see it. You tell everybody, screw you, I got a Millie. I got a Millie to never do it. I hope you understand, and I would like to buy you dinner. Money is the way to everyone's heart. Where are you landing on this one, eh, dog? This dog ain't barking up any trees at the moment. He's just sitting on his tush, wagging his tail, and waiting for Papa Mikey to toss a bone. Oh, we'll try that Ooh. again later. Uh, <laughs> uh, back to one. And- 400K. I feel like it's in the same ballpark, but I I have 40% industry friends compared to Lindsay's 100%, if that makes any sense. And I feel like I could just, I could survive off a of TV and also feel like I could make 400K off this imaginary Monopoly man. That resonates with me a lot. I like that. That feels like a good number to me. A dog. It's better than the one of the last episodes we did was with a seven year old, and she started calling him Mister Poopy Pants at the start of the episode, and that's what we called him for the rest of it. And a dog is not as good as that. Yeah, it's not. That must have been infuriating. That's what I'm going to call Aaron for the rest of this episode too, Mister Poopy Pants. This will be great. Mister Poopy Pants could also be MPP if you're going for the acronym. But anyway, I haven't thought about that. MPP. The half a milski is kind of where I'm barking right now as a little puppy, because when I think about it, all the best films for the most part have been made. So I don't think that in the rest of my life, there will be as many genre defining films remaining as there have been. Put your eyebrows down right now, Lindsay. Aaron, put them down. Shut that jaw. You sound like my dad. My dad, when I was 10, said, you have enough CDs. You never need to buy another CD. And I was like, you think all the best music that's been made is going to be have been made already? I can't get another CD ever. How often do I have to remind you I'm not your dad? Be honest. Daily? But really a lot right now because you're really doing my dad's stuff. I just really want it to be clear that I think that there will be a lot of amazing movies. Like, for example, Avengers Endgame. I've never felt that many emotions in a theater in my life, but to not have to see any more first time films would also be a bit of an emotional load off because I care so much. So it would just, it would just take that off of me and television's gotten so good. I think I'd be okay. The recent season of Stranger Things, every episode was a feature length, you know, I, it's, it's, it's fine. So half a mil ski for me. Oh, this bird's a chirping. Okay. Okay. Little birdie. Let's flap our wings and check out the audience numbers. Yeah, guys? Let's go to the audience. That's another one you could use. No, it's really good. Thank you so much. It really makes me feel excited. Yeah, either one. And you can just drop that in every episode, and then it becomes a thing, and I get paid, and it's fine. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking we're going to license it from you and just do a whole new spinoff podcast in which it's you announcing what's next, and it's just great. An endless 
snake eating its own tail of announcements. That makes sense. The high from our audience was $20 million. Wow. At Alfredo True Ba said, as an actor, filmmaker, and film fanatic, this would kill me. I could see how a film fanatic, this would be like devastating. A film fanatic, that seems like it would be a really, really hard and sad thing to lose. The low is $5. This person said, I don't always mind sequels and I don't watch a lot of TV and movies as it is. So it's not a big deal. Still, if you could make 200, what's the difference? Like, I I don't know why you would up that. That's interesting. 18% of the audience said they just would never do it. No price. Everybody has a price. Everybody has a price. Everybody's got a price. You'd be surprised how many people just don't want to do stuff. (laughs) You wave (laughs) a billion dollars in front of these people and they're going to be like, no, thanks. I want to see fucking the Marvels. Mike, just really helping us grease those wheels (laughs) of affection and intimacy and trust between us and our listeners. Uh, 50% split ultimately being over under a million dollars. Rory put $2 million and said, I work for a streaming service, so I need enough money that I can quit my job since I might not be able to do it anymore and I'm really not quite qualified for much else. I don't know if $2 million will carry you to the finish line, Rory, to your death. No, but it'll at least maybe, you know, he could get another degree or something. I hear you loud and clear. Speaking of clear. And loud. I got a question about pee-pee. If you don't do the segue right now, you're going to really piss me off. Oh, I'm already so boomingly pissed. What are you talking about? Here's my question. What's your price to have the world's loudest pee stream? Do you guys want some pee facts? Yeah. I'm desperate for them. Apparently the pee stream of women is wider than that of men. It's not surprising. Believe it. I see that. Apparently people who are pee shy, the condition is called periuresis. Also checks out. Latin. I like it. Peeing on a jellyfish sting won't heal it. Just want to make sure everyone knows that. Gonna try anyway. Same. Cat urine glows under a black light because it contains phosphorus, which glows in the presence of oxygen. Magical. Beautiful. You want a couple more? Why would you slow down? There are 96 bags of urine, feces, and vomit laying around the surface of the moon, along with 181,437 kilograms of man-made material. Buzz bombs, they call them. The world record for the longest pee is 508 seconds, or about eight and a half minutes. That's too much pee. Why did it take so long? And finally... A little Bear grills bashing. Unlike what a lot of other people might believe, if you're lost and without water, do not drink your own urine. It contains a lot of salt, so it'll actually accelerate dehydration. Oh. Damn. Put that cup down. If you're going to drink any pee-pee, you need to hydrate afterwards. I think we're far enough in the episode for our weekly PSA. Hey, guys. It's me, your old friend, Lindsay. If you, like many others, like to drink a little bit of pee-pee every now and again, make sure... You drink a lot of water. Thanks. See you again soon. Piss facts. <laughs> piss facts. <laughs> <laughs> this piss fact brought to you by... Lindsay, your piss friend. <laughs> Here's the thing about this loud pee. How loud are we talking? Would it like hurt your ears? And how is it so loud? To have the world's loudest pee stream. I think we can all agree we don't know exactly how many decibels, but it would absolutely be audible... From a real distance. Well, world's loudest includes animals. So you're up there with the volume of an elephant. Are we going to pee more? Like physically, is there going to be more pee coming out of us? I don't think so. 
your opening would be bigger. Don't, Don't call it an opening. Don't call it an opening. That's disgusting. Yeah, that's upsetting. That is the most oh. obscene way to describe a urethra. <laughs> your opening. What the hell is wrong with you? That's so clinical. Your opening. <laughs> would have such pressure behind it too you'd have to have more pressure so smaller bladder and a larger opening sounds like i've been kidnapped Ugh, you're opening that is yeah horrifying. that's a really really upsetting <laughs> this episode's brought to you by kidnappers it's like somebody doesn't think that humans are people that is so weird the opening <laughs> gross <laughs> so what you're saying is wait so you have to get like your your peepee hole enlarged you're opening. <laughs> Ew, stop. It, it's upsetting everyone. The region of departure would have to have a larger circumference. And the pressure would have to be so palpable for that amount of liquid to release at such volume. The way I read this question when it was originally posed was that I was just being turned up. Like magically it was louder. And that my pee wasn't changing. My faculties remained the same, but what was changing was the actual volume, and it was embarrassing to me. You know what, Mike? Just say penis. Just do it. No, it's my faculties. It's my faculties, and, <laughs> and I will never refer to it anything other than my faculties. I like the magical approach, and I think we should go with that. There's no surgical changes to your opening. Ew. <laughs> I think you run into a can of worms, uh, which is also what I'll call it, besides faculties. Uh, I think you run into a can can of worms. My worm can. My worm can. Uh, If you you start talking about, like, how you're going to make it loud, like, there's a lot of, you could add, like, gunpowder and then make it loud. Magical splash. Fine. It's a magical splash. Your splash is magically louder. Louder than a blue whale's. Blue whale piss doesn't have a sound. It's just slushy. Fucking prove it. If you grab a blue whale and hold it over the ocean and then let it release. Still in the world, still counts. Loud as piss. Okay, so we're just going to say that when you release, it is going to be very, very audible and loud. Okay, here's the thing. It would be very embarrassing. It would be embarrassing. You would have to, like, let people know, like, if you were, like, at someone's house or it was at, like, a party at someone's house, like, oh, God, Lindsay's going to the bathroom. God, turn the music up. This is going to get weird. Like, it would just be a thing that was no, and it's, like, awkward. Then you become the loud piss person and it becomes a part of your identity is related to peeing. Everyone will think about only your loud peeing when they think of you. Yeah. What is that worth to you? They're not thinking about your your creative strengths. They're not thinking about your sense of humor. They're not thinking Mm-mm. about how you're a great gift giver. They're only thinking about how you have the loudest pee sound in the whole world. You're the lock piss monster. Lock piss monster. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think that that sounds very embarrassing. However, maybe it's a special skill. Maybe people are like, wow, she really pisses. You'd have to up your game. There's clearly a market. We've already established that. There's a book. There's a lot. Yeah. What would your book be called? Power of Piss. Moist. The Sound of the Fury. I would just call it A Life of Loud Piss. Dripping Dots. Ooh. Earmuffs. My Little Fire Hose. Tiny Tinkle and the Magical Sprinkle. Are you there, Ocean? It's me, Whale Piss. (laughs) (laughs) A million tiny peepees. Yeah. <laughs> it goes all the way to P11. Oh, yeah. I like that. That's a really good one. PP a story? Pride and prejudice. Oh. Loud piss. The Mike McNeil story. 
<laughs> I'm going to call it pill. <laughs> In this case, the lattice piece dream, I mean, this is, I don't know about you guys, but I definitely have a whole strategy when I'm cavorting around town and looking for places to go make potty. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, if you like see a hotel, you do the don't make eye contact, walk in like you belong there to use their special spot. Ew, everything about this is so hard to hear. I know, it's so fun. This is like, I'm having a hoot. <laughs> special spot. Elvis died on this special spot. Oh. <laughs> no, but the idea that you are now going to up your game when you're out and about in the world and you have to make a pee, you really have to figure out where you're going to go. And you got to think about it on many levels. I got to imagine at some point you own it. Like you're at a party and you go make a piss and you come out and everyone's at the party you know the record scratched the music stopped everyone's looking at you you come out and you're like yeah yeah but you know what i made blank dollars becoming this magical pee man or woman or woman hey aaron hey aaron i'll be a, i'll be a pee man hey aaron yeah hi um a bunch of my guests just left what the fuck was going on what just happened did you turn on the shower what was that yeah i have this issue whenever i make potty tissue what is Lin Lindsay? What are you doing here? I just chimed into the bit because um, I wanted to say tissue. Were you in the bathroom? Were you watching me? I've been in the bathroom the whole time. Lindsay, did you see what he did? Why did everybody leave? This was my daughter's quinceanera and everybody's gone because it sounded like somebody pulled a fire alarm. What just happened? What's crazy is that while I was peeing, someone was brushing my hair and I didn't question it. Now I know who. And I liked it. I'm the peepee -pee time hairbrusher. <laughs> I want you both to get out of my daughter's quinceanera right now. <laughs> Each episode, Lindsay and I make a bet about what phrase we could get the guest to say. I had 20 bucks on Mike saying, please leave my daughter's quinceanera. I'm going to say I don't need a lot because it's not that big of a deal, but it becomes part of life. And maybe I would want to have a containment unit <laughs> that is soundproof. I want a mobile pee unit. I want a soundproof device made for me and fabricated that I can do my business in, a little catch and release, and it'll contain the audio. And I just keep it with me in a fanny pack. You're going to bring what into the bathroom with you? A fanny pack. A pee filter and a fanny pack? It's just a little containment unit in there that you... A piss silencer? Yeah, you, you screw it on. The, you screw it on like you would a, a gun silencer. It's called a containment unit, actually. <laughs> it's so much more technologically advanced than just a fucking hose that you carry with you everywhere so you can piss quiet. <laughs> I would bring my splash silencer with me. You have to stick it inside. Okay, first of all, I've asked you not to bring up using catheters on me on air. Just a little bit in there. I don't know if you, you stick a catheter in. You just stick it on, maybe. Stick it on top. Uh, you know, stick it over it. It latches on. And Ew, it, don't yeah. say latch. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then you make from your opening. Make. Make is really also ouchy. Really muffles the sound. So to me, to me, $50,000 for R&D and then also my troubles. I like that. I have a similar tactic. I'm also going to be offsetting some of the cost. I will be getting a colostomy bag because I don't deem your piss hose appropriate. I think it's too easy of a solution for you to pocket the rest of that cash. I think if you have the world's loudest piss. Don't you talk about my piss hose. <laughs> a pee hose like you're describing is too easy of a solution to get around this prompt. I think a colostomy bag or whatever it is, if it's just pee, is what you would have to do. And it would be an elective surgery. So I'm going to go three mil, one mil dedicated to the colostomy bag. 
surgery. And that's how I would get around it. Great. I've got a solution here and it's pricey, but it's the only way I can see going forward with this. It's going to be really hard for me to pee in public. I'm going to have, what was it called? Periuresis. Periuresis. I would get that because I would be so, I would be too afraid to pee. Then I would hold it. Just give peas a chance. Well, no, I wouldn't want to go out anywhere. I would be afraid. So what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to build a home where I can host, maybe not build it, but I'm going to have to have a home where I can host. And then I'm going to have many bathrooms in the house, maybe two, but I'm going to have to build them in soundproof chambers, soundproof bathrooms where once you go in there, ain't no sound getting out. Okay. So then the only time I really have to deal with being a really loud peer is on like an airplane or in a hotel room, which like won't happen as often. But I know when I'm in my house, I can pee in a way that I'm comfortable peeing. You're not going to pee on a plane? I'll pee on the plane, but planes are very loud. I feel like it would muffle some of the sound. So I am going to say to build the soundproof bathrooms and to have the home where I can have my guests come over and, you know, do whatever guests like to do. Like, I don't know, eat. I'm going to say I need $2.5 million. That's respectable. Yeah, I like your solution. I like the soundproof bathroom. I like becoming a recluse and writing the great American novel. I like only seeing two people and having your mental health like erode over the course of like 40 years because you were cursed with the loudest peace stream in the world. I like that whole plan. That's good. None of our friends are ever serving us beverages again. No, they won't unless they come to your house and they bring the beverages. I'm just going to have to have the, you know, the party house. And I'm fine with that. I love to host. You do love to host. Be on the airplane, the steward walks by or stewardess or whoever, and they say, you know, Pepsi, water, Diet Coke. And they just offer to each person and they just look at you. Just shake their head no and walk away. Pee-pee lady, no drinky. Let us look at the audience results here. So we're looking. How dare you? I say that. I have been established from the very beginning of this episode as the announcer who transitions. Mike, take your spotlight. Go ahead. Here we go. It's going to be good. To the audience or whatever I said. I forgot what I said. I like that one. That was great. Everyone, please submit. Let us know which transition Mike did best. All right. So the high is $2.3 million. Wow. Peterson said, I'm going with the Lindsay reasoning that it would be nice to buy a nice house. <laughs> I always want to buy a house. I know I'm so predictable. The low, 25% of our audience put $0. Jenny Ford said, quote, I already go. <laughs> I want to hear, I want another decibel number on Jenny Ford's pee-pee. <laughs> and, and Russell Ford, okay, said, have you heard my wife pee? <laughs> another person said, it'd be nice to be the best at something. <laughs> That's cute. About half our audience was under a grand. Wow. Jacob here put half a million and said, so is it the sound of hitting the water that's loud or the sound of it coming out to begin with? Because normally if I want to pee quietly, I sit down so it doesn't hit the water. But if you're saying that even that would be really loud, I don't think I would like that. But let's be real. For half a million, I deal with it. Great thoughts, Jacob. Really respectable answer. Well thought through. Can I ask a question about sitting down pee? Always, always, always. Does it touch the water? Low-flow toilets in California have made that obsolete. Great. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Before the Environmental Protection Act of 1976, it was a rough time. <laughs> okay, well, good to know. That's my only question. Where do you think that they came up with the name for the restaurant Dunkin' Donuts? I, I hate that. 
Mike, I don't know if you know things that Lindsay doesn't hate, such as the fact that we do an awards at the end of the show. Awards! Awards! So to wrap things up today, we're going to do some awards. We're going to look at the total of what all of the listeners on average need to be paid to do all three tasks today. Okay. And then we're going to do out some awards based on how you, me, and Lindsay stacked up against all of that. Great. Let's look at the audience average. So our polled listeners to do all three tasks today on average said 6.9 million. Okay. Respectable. We love to see it. Now, something is about to happen that has literally never happened before, which is we all three have won the exact same award. We have all won the lowly Liam award, meaning we were all under the audience average. Aaron was 565,000. Mike, you were 3.4 milli, and I'm at 3.5 milli. No one won the Highly Kylie Award this week. No one won Highly Kylie. We all were under audience average. How wild, how reserved of us. Wow, I'm I'm impressed. What conservative carols we be. Yeah. So you two spent about the same. Yeah, we were around the same. So you two cost about the same amount of money to do weird shit as one another. Makes sense. Makes sense. Going full circle here. Yeah. Actually, going full circle, how'd we do, Mike? Did we pass the stress test of your convictions yeah tell us i'll be honest with you i think your game loop is solid i think there's retention and playability i think it's very sticky i think that with a series b funding we could get you in every major market in the world within six months i think you got a winner on your hands we'll take it make it five five months no deals off why would you push me at this point i want you to know that in terms of stress tests Lindsay, I want to ask you now, did Mike pass your stress test as a person? I didn't even know I was getting one. With flying colors, 100 plus. Was it the little pocket on his shirt? It's that shirt pocket that really threw me over the edge. You'd love a shirt pocket. I do love a shirt pocket. You can fit about 300 pills in there, in that shirt pocket. So everyone, our show is against taking throw pillows and consuming them. But if you do it, please try. And then let Mike know. Mike, you want to plug anything? Yeah, I want to plug everybody's egos. I want them to feel like they can do things. I want you to trust yourself. I want you to tell yourself today's the day I'm going to accomplish things. I'm going to plug your own self-worth. How about that? Plug it up. Plug it up. That's really good. Keep going. I'm going to plug you making hard choices this week, things that you've put off for a while and know that you want to get off your to-do list, but just need a couple hours of attention. I want to plug you doing those things because it's worth it and you're worth it. That's beautiful. And I'm going to take that to heart and I'm going to take that into my whole week. I'm going to plug an old Amazon uh, original series called Patriot that I'm rewatching. It's really great. Nobody watched it and it's amazing. Watch that. I have nothing to do with it. Amazing. Some of all fears. Rewatchable film. Oh, yeah. Hunt for Red October. Yeah. Where can we find you on the internet? Oh, you can find me at at the last McNeil on all platforms. Are you really the last one? Nah, probably. Probably. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Are you on a smart fridge? I am. I am on a smart fridge. Wow. What category? That's my improv training. Yes, and. <laughs> yes, and. All right. I'm going to do a real improv bit with you. You just did the yes, and. Okay. Okay. Thanks for coming on, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I am on. And thank you for having me on your podcast. And now you're a rhino. Yeah, I am. And a magician just turned me into a rhino. And that affects me emotionally. Okay, and now freeze. And now, Lindsay, you've entered the frame and you are shopping for a new rhino. And Mike works at the rhino shop trying to sell you a rhino. Go. Boy, 
do I need a rhino? Can I pause I real quick? So... Can I pause real quick? Just one small note, Lindsay. Whenever you walk into a store, you want to do cha-ching, cha-ching to make everybody aware that you've just walked into a store. You know how stores, all stores, have a little bell at the top of the door that goes cha-ching, cha-ching? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mike, I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah, 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 please. When you give somebody a note about how to do cha-ching, cha-ching, you always want to lean forward and make them feel engaged so that you're not being too patronizing. Otherwise, it just gets to be a little too much. Oh, I just want to leave it out. When you're leaning in to tell someone something, if you could make sure that you're really smizing, really smize. And when you're smizing, you want to make sure that you're really making them glow, really glow those babies up. All right. We'll return to Rhino Talk next week with our guests, Mike McNeil, Lindsay Hicks, and our producer, Rob, who's going to stop running the record button on the session in three, two, one. Kisses. And scene. Well, dry me a prune. Because I feel a swoon coming on. Call me a loon, because I'm eating out of that guy's spoon. Speaking of Spoon Town, USA, if you want to take your frown town and turn it upside down into a friendly, 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 grin, 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 we always grin when we're making this show. Hey, hey, you know what we love even more is how much our listeners love playing along. If you want to join in the fun, run as fast as you can to your nearest browser and let us know you're worth. We're always putting up new polls over at humanvaluespodcast.com. Over to you, Linz. Kapow! If you enjoyed today's episode or if you just like our show, please... For the love of the goddess, spread the word. We really appreciate it so dang much. If you mention Human Values Pod on Instagram or TikTok, or if you leave a review on your favorite podcasting app, and then, I don't know, leave a rating, would be really, really cool. Maybe we'll choose you for a shout out. Speaking of shout, you don't want to pout, and you don't ever pout when you have us, your hosts, Lindsay Hicks. And Aaron Rubin Corny. Special thanks to our guest this week, Mike McNeil. I kneel for that man, because he's my king. Speaking of king... Our lead producer is Rob Goldman. Our producers are Shanti Brooke and Aaron Rubin Corney. Our editor is Andrew Sims. Our engineer is Jason Portizo, who is a cool guy who just joined our team and we're very, very jazzed about it. And our music is by Omer Benzvi. All information, research, and advice shared on today's episode was expressed for entertainment purposes only. Statements provided by the Human Values hosts, production team, and guests should not be taken as professional advice or fact. Human Values is a human content. <laughs>